people enable each other to be victims. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean that in a compassionate way. And it's why sometimes changing your environment and changing the people you're around is the easiest way to change your belief structures. Because the reality is victimhood isn't this all or nothing thing. Like it's on a spectrum. We can all exhibit it at times. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Itamar Morani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset. Today, we're going to be talking about why focusing on limiting beliefs is an amateur approach to mindset, emotional fortitude, psychological safety, and this whole field of inner work that actually is geared towards results. So here's the deal. This whole term of limiting beliefs, it's a great marketing angle because people get it, but it's actually not the most impactful thing to focus on, even though it gets the most amount of attention. Now, where I really recognize this was one of my former clients who was actually on the podcast himself at one point. When we started working together, he told me, listen, man, I have these limiting beliefs and I try to work with him on a coach and he tried to help me create more positive beliefs around these limiting beliefs, but it didn't really work for me. Every time when things got stressful and these negative limiting beliefs came up, I tried to reframe them and say, okay, this is a more positive belief. This is what I should do. But I would never really buy into it. I was stressed and I would just go with my default of what I thought was actually true. And this whole concept of limiting beliefs, like it didn't matter. It didn't help me. And he was surprised when I told him like, of course, that makes sense. It's not going to help you. Now, the reality is that most entrepreneurs who are able to be successful are realists. So they're not going to simply change their perspective of what's true about reality. If you just tell them, well, this is negative. What if you believe something positive instead and wish for that? And because of that, this whole field of negative beliefs and limiting beliefs doesn't work. So today, what we're going to dive into is talk about limiting beliefs versus false beliefs and truths and how to actually reset the way that you think in a way that's most beneficial to you and, and rooted in reality. You can actually buy into it and get it to work for you. So we're going to talk about these concepts and then an actual framework. Before we dive in, though, I want to introduce my co-host for today. We have Alex Defina here with us. Alex is an Arena alumni himself. He's an entrepreneur since school, basically. He's founded anything from marketing companies to real estate projects to an actual comedy club. He founded the two biggest female-only fitness brands in Asia, and he's also a business coach for the last few years himself. So first off, Alex, welcome, and thank you for coming on board. Thank you, Edema. Thanks for having me. Well, so first off, any thoughts of yours on this subject of the whole limiting beliefs? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, uh, the play on words. So from what I understood in, in your uh, preface there, limiting beliefs versus false beliefs. Uh, and how, how do you sort of separate based on, on that criteria of, of language? Right. So like, it's a really good question, and I want to get into it in a second. So I'm going to kind of explain it. It's going to all build up to there in a very elegant right. way. So here's the deal. I think the reason some people think that mindset or emotional work or inner work is nonsense and it takes forever is because their approach lacks a kind of focus. Okay, so they try to approach to saying, okay, what are my general limiting beliefs? Let's talk about that. And instead of that, what's much more impactful if you're actually trying to get results and move very quick is to approach things from an issue of basically a constraints issue. To first figure out what you want, what you need to do, and then only look back to figure out, okay, if this is what I want, and this is what I need to do in order to do that, what are the possible mental blocks that are holding me back, that are actually limiting my success, not just general things. 
Because unless you do that, that's the first thing, you might be looking at things that don't actually make an impact. You won't actually hold you back from achieving the life that you want or having the business that you want. And first off, that's why I think a lot of people think this mindset stuff doesn't work because they just go into general, like, let's find all your limiting beliefs in life. Mm. And it's just a very scattered approach. So first off, does that make sense before we really dive into it? It does, it does. Great. Now, with on top of that, here's a problem with asking yourself, what are my limiting beliefs? So let's say like you're really clear on what you want to get to. You're very clear on how to do that. And now you're trying to say, okay, but I'm still not doing it. For some reason, I can't get myself to action the things I know should be actioning. Now, if you ask myself, what are my limiting beliefs? That's nice. But the reality is, it's not as impactful as figuring out what are my mental blind spots. Mm -hmm. And that's why you saw in the arena, what we did is we didn't ask you like, hey, man, what are your what are your limiting beliefs? What do you think your limiting beliefs are around this subject? Because like the hits in life that really hurt us are never the ones that we expect. They're usually the ones that we don't expect. Those hits are much, much harder. Mm. And I think that's the biggest issue with this whole limiting belief stuff in general is that people look for to say, what are my limiting beliefs? Instead of trying to figure out what are my mental blind spots? Like the limiting beliefs that you know, whether you actually have solved them or not, they're kind of like an Achilles heel. But I would rather have an Achilles heel than a complete blind spot. That's when I can really get hurt. And I think by even just looking out for what are my limiting beliefs, you deny yourself the opportunity to figure out something new about yourself. By, again, searching for something that you already know, these limiting beliefs. So first off, does that make sense so far? It, it does. If I'd like to, I'd like to double click on the, on the language thing because it's something which, which helps me understand it better. So if I take the, the word limiting beliefs and replace that with false beliefs, that to me seems quite black and white. You could sort of argue it based on, on evidence. Uh, whereas false belief, uh, sorry, limiting belief sounds like it's more of a spectrum. And there's kind of like a spectrum of, of, of how limiting or enabling or empowering it might be. So is that, is that why you would otherwise say that the, the terminology limiting beliefs is, is BS because it's either true or false? Am I, am I sort of close to the money there in terms of like spectrum versus black or white? Hmm. I think about it a bit differently. I think the limiting beliefs from what I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs, even if they recognize this is a belief that limits me, they're like, well, this is still my belief. I still believe in it. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like, I'm just going to act on that because that's what I believe, regardless if it limits me or not. I'm not just going to go into something positive just because it's something positive. Got it. And what I've seen enable people to make the switch from being held, let's call it like captive in their actions by something that actually isn't true is not by pointing at a limiting belief, but by actually recognizing, oh, this is a false belief. This actually isn't Got true. Got it. Okay. That lands. Yeah. That makes sense? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah and again, I think that the biggest thing is with a lot of these things, we don't really know. Again, we have blind spots. So we have biases in decision-making and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff, we also have blind spots. And people are already trying to say, okay, I know these are my limiting beliefs when they approach, for example, let's say I'm in an impasse. Again, I'm clear on what I want. I'm clear on what I need to do in order to make it happen, but I'm not doing it. The first question, a lot of mindset people, let's call it, try to ask, like, oh, what are your limiting beliefs around the subject? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a mistake because then you're only, you're only enabling them to, ask, to answer, what do I already know is an issue that's in my way? Instead of helping them identify certain blind spots that are really the things that are holding them back. Got it. 
could you give a, a practical example of uh, you know, an avatar explaining something uh, as a limiting belief and then how you would repackage that as a you know, true or false belief? I want to get into that in a little bit, but before I sure. do, I want to for I want to make sure I'm clear on the on why searching for your limiting beliefs isn't the first thing you should do. Why it actually okay. constrains you. Is that clear from there from your perspective? Yeah. Okay, great. So the way I would say it before like coining it positive limit limiting negative whatever it may be is just to do a complete flush of your belief structures. So say, okay, now I've gotten clear that if I want to get, I want to get a business to X in order to do that, we have to do these certain things. We have to hire people. We have to purpose let people go, whatever it may be. So instead of asking my subject, like, what are my limiting beliefs around this? Just let me flush out my entire belief structure around this stuff. And if you remember what we did in the arena, we gave a lot of prompts mm -hmm. how you view the world, certain consequences, certain like formulas that if I do this, it means X. And I'm sure you saw also that the guys around you that when we did that, all of a sudden you see these faces that are like, oh, wow, I never realized I thought about that. Mm. And that's the whole point. Like if we would have asked, just asked people, what are your limiting beliefs? They'd have been like, oh, okay, I know I have this thing that I think that if I fire people, I'm not a nice guy. But all of a sudden when we give them the ability and basically the opportunity to flush things out, they discover new things. And the moment they discover these new things, just by them discovering them, they lose so much of their impact. It's like in the scary movie where you don't actually see the monster until more than halfway through. It's because of that. Because the moment something becomes known from unknown, mm -hmm. it loses a lot of its grip on us. It's not as scary anymore. So, so what does that flushing out process look like uh it's like a, it's like a blank slate and i'm just going to sort of do a brain dump of, of my yes. beliefs okay. very, like very well said i would say a more guided brain dump instead of just saying okay like what are general beliefs i have mm. if you remember we gave you guys a lot of prompts in the arena that was the big deal of it you said okay mm -hmm. like there's certain things that are general like worldviews like people are this is i am all these kind of structures that are just one sense this is how the world works in general mm-hmm and then there are the consequential beliefs that are very specific to a subject that unless I do this, then X will happen. Or if X, then Y. And that, that prompting process in, in, in your experience, is that beneficial to help someone articulate things or, as you said, maybe before discover things that they is like sitting subconscious and they, and they legitimately don't know how to respond until they are sort of prompted or given like, the tools to do so? I think it's both. I think what you said there, it's both. It's one and the same almost. Mm. It gives them an opportunity to flush something from their subconscious all the way to a conscious level where they also can like articulate it. And, mm. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I think exactly this way. That's so mm. interesting. I have a belief around hiring that I picked up because of an experience I had 20 years ago, something that's completely unrelated. And I never understood that that's why I get this angst whenever I'm supposed to do this big thing. So it's yeah. both. Like, I think that's the biggest part to get it from a subconscious place to a place where it is conscious. And it's also clear to them. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I think this way. Mm. Hmm. Wow. No wonder I'm not doing the thing that I know I should be doing. That, that was definitely a, a key takeaway from the arena for, for me um, as someone, you know, I, I believe I've done, uh, an average amount of, of self-work over the years. You've done above average. You've done but, a definite above average. 
but the, the the processes that you help us with just help help um, clarify and, and sort of like shine a, a light onto those and, and to uncover things that had otherwise been sort of like in a in a malaise you sort of like you sort of don't quite know how to think about it and that process of, of articulating it really helped because I can look I can look at the belief and go wow um, that's that's not helpful at all. Great. So let's ask this beyond that helpful. Were you able to look at them and recognize some of them? You know, that's also not true in the same oh, totally. moment. Totally. And that's the big thing. And, and that's the real beauty of it. That mm -hmm. you weren't like, oh, wow, this is just not helpful. It's limiting me. But you were like, oh, wow, because it's so clear and I flushed this out around this subject, like, well, that's not relevant at all. That's not true at all. And what I've also noticed in, I've been evangelical trying to prompt a few friends to do, to do the next <laughs> arena, in arena program, and I've shared with them my discovery, I won't use the word limiting, of my false beliefs. And just me sharing those sound bites has helped them go, oh, I think that, that kind of relates to me as well. I think, I think I'm clinging on to something like that. Um, it's, it's, it's really profound how how powerful those sound bites are or, or statements are yeah. uh, once you can, once you can put it in words. Yeah. It's like that whole, that line that like I keep iterating from Carl Jung that until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Mm. And I think it's like what you said about first making from unconscious to conscious. Mm. And then also on top of that, when you can articulate in a very, very clear and very precise manner, mm. That's when you can say, oh, wow, this is, like, this is the exact thing. This is the exact issue that's holding me back. Now, let me see if this belief that I hold that is very strong in there, let's stress test it. For, I'm not going to say it's, it's limiting or it's negative and try to come out with a counter positive belief. Mm -hmm. but let me actually falsify this. Let's see if it's valid for me to let go of it or not. Got it. And when, if I was to write down my sort of big false beliefs, uh, looking at them on a piece of paper now, I can absolutely see how they are completely factually false, not, yeah. not limiting. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're both limiting and false. But the important thing is, I think sure. for people, to, for most people, is to recognize that they are false. Now, if you also remember, when we did in the arena, I think this is really important for people to understand, again, like why I'm saying don't just lean into limiting beliefs, is that we didn't ask, what do you think are negative beliefs that you hold around the subject? Or what do you think is the beliefs that are limiting you? We didn't ask that at all. Mm. We simply ask, what are your thoughts around this topic? What are your thoughts about this? In general, let's flush out your entire belief system. Let's just do a flush of this. Mm -hmm. And then, only after we did that, we recognized, you know what, some of these things, what do you think are the ones that are really holding you back? That would hold somebody else back from accomplishing what you need to accomplish, what you need to do, if they also held these beliefs? What would be in, in contrast to what you're supposed to do? We're going to go, it's these three beliefs. Great. Now, we're not saying it's limiting. We're not saying it's negative. Let's just address and see if they're actually true or not. If mm -hmm. they're valid truth or if they're just false beliefs. Do you remember that part? I do. Great. So that's what I want to share in the pod. Sorry, do you have any questions before we go with this? Not really questions, but just to, 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 to stamp that, um, when you said that they're both limiting and false, um, maybe another way to articulate it would be they are limiting because they're false. Yes. Yeah, it's a really good way to say it. Like, if it's limiting because it's true, like hey, I have a belief that I shouldn't jump off the building, like that's a good belief to hold. That's going to help. Mm. <laughs> and it's true. Mm.
Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. So I want to jump into how, like, again, we didn't just look for limiting beliefs. We didn't just jive on that. We just flushed out our subconscious. We recognized, okay, if I'm trying to accomplish something and I need to do these things, what are my belief structures around this? Now, what are the main things that I see could hold somebody back? Now let's falsify them. Let's see if they're truth or not, because that's what's going to enable me to let them go. Not just try to say, okay, I'm going to think something positive instead, but mm -hmm. let me try to falsify them. So three-step process we use for that. First off, again, we establish what's the belief or rule? How do I think? And again, like you said, the clearer it is, the better. So a bad example would be hiring is bad or firing people is bad. Mm -hmm. But saying that if I let people go, that means that I'm a bad leader and it proves that I was never cut out for entrepreneurship and people are not going to like me. And my wife is also going to disapprove of me because she thinks I'm not an empathetic individual. That's a very clear thing, for example. I think we've had people in the line literally say things like that. Okay. So then you figure out, okay, that's the belief or rule. It's very clear. Now, where did it come from? And what was the context it was formed under? Or basically, like, why do you believe this to be true? Getting to the root of it. Because usually a lot of these beliefs are not a logical conclusion that we've come after assessing the data and thinking about things thoroughly. We just usually had a certain emotional reaction at a certain point, and we formed these beliefs because of it. Mm -hmm. So we ask, what situation caused you to think this way? Or when did you learn this? Or who did you learn this from? So I learned this in fifth grade. I learned this in my first business ever because I had a really ununderstanding partner and a very negative business partnership. Who did you learn this from? Whatever it may be. Sorry, go ahead. Do you find that your students have a hard time um, identifying where that's come from? Like the genesis of that, of that belief? Yeah. First off, it's, it's interesting. I, the, I wouldn't call them my students. They're people I, I enjoy helping, um, but usually not. It's surprising how clear it is for most people. When okay. they have this thing, they're like, okay, this is when you ask them these three questions, what situation caused you to think like this? When did you learn this? Or who did you learn this from? What example did you see to tell you that this is how the world works? Usually something pops to mind. From your experience, was it a bit more challenging to come up with it? No, but um, no, I'm obviously, <laughs> I, can, I can only understand it from my own experience. Um, okay, so did they seem surprised? Like, cause I, yes. I, had a, I had a stack of sort of you know, brain explosion sort of moments in. Okay, so they can see the correlation or the causation the causation of the the belief and like where it came from and the belief but they they're also surprised when they when, it, when it's brought into conscious awareness yeah so it's like it's, it's sitting in the subconscious as these like two conjoined parts but then it's brought to the awareness and it's like oh that's the thing and that's where it came from yeah usually they're a lot of times you're taking it back with absurdity yeah they're like, this is moment. ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Why have I, as an adult, been letting this thing that I had one experience when I was 11 affect mm. me so much? Or in my first business when I was 22, it still affect. Like, that's ridiculous. And I never recognized that that's how I think because of that one thing. Mm. Now, that's 90% of the time. Like, that's what we said about all of a sudden you can see the monster. And because you see it, it doesn't look scary anymore. Like, just that is more than half the battle. And usually doing that just causes a lot of these limitations, let's call them, mm -hmm. to fall because you recognize they're false. 
You're like, okay, this I'm not gonna like believe in this. This is nonsense. And it's almost laughable at times for some guys. For sure. Now, for some people, they're like, you know what? This I recognize that, but I still have a hard time letting go. And I feel like, okay, I recognize where that come where that came from, but just because I recognize that's where it came from doesn't mean that it's not true. That's how they try to kind of like fight that resistance. So what we ask them after that is what is actually true now in today's world around this subject? And sometimes you still have a hard time with that and say, okay, so what's relevant for who you are today? I recognize that you felt that when you were 22, if you took action X, it would have outcome Y. But what's relevant for who you are today? What if somebody like you today, you with your skills, your experience, your current abilities, and so on and so on, if you did X today, would that still result in Y? Mm -hmm. That usually causes some people to have be like, no, that's not relevant actually anymore. Mm -hmm. I recognize that I need to rethink about how I view the world because my interactions, the me of today, the way they interact with the world is very different than the me of 10 years ago. That's for most people that breaks it, so to speak. Okay. Then there are some people that are very stubborn that don't want to let go of this because they have a fear that if I let go of this, then I have to change something and I'm still getting something out of holding on to this belief. Whether that's a sense of sense of certainty, mm -hmm. a sense of security, or sometimes honestly, just an excuse of why I don't have to really go for something. And sorry, go ahead. I figure you want to jump in on that. Yeah, I was. I, I want to understand what you think is the um, the common trend in the inability to move past that false belief. Do you, do you think that people, even if they become aware that it might be false? that they metaphorically feel like they're looking into the vacuum of belief. And it's like, well, it's, it's kind of like the person that stays in the shitty relationship because they don't yeah. want to be single. Um, and it's like, well, if I let go of this, like, no, no, nothing. And hmm. I think about it differently. It's not necessarily like a vacuum. It's just the general desire to feel safe. So the reason a lot of people stay in terrible relationships, it's kind of like they feel safer with the devil they know, so to speak. They're like, I feel safe on a instinctual level because I have companionship with someone else around me than I do in the unknown, in the wild, when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing here. It's like sometimes we feel like this old belief, somehow we're safe because we're staying in our old little cocoon. Again, like what you got to remember about the program, the whole point of it is to help people really go to the next level and excel. So it's an aggressive push. They're pushing themselves. Now, these are people that always naturally push themselves. And sometimes for some people, the, the pace of it is pretty intense. And they still feel a bit safe. You know, like this belief, I, I'm, I recognize that once I let go of it, I'm going to have to change certain things because I can't bullshit myself. I'm not willing to bullshit myself. And I recognize that. Without, not consciously, but subconsciously, I recognize that. So I try to hold back from it in a certain way because that's a new thing. And that's what happens to a lot of the guys, again, without any ill intent whatsoever. Like awesome guys, awesome humans, awesome entrepreneurs, but it just there's something inside of them that lower level them, so to speak, that there gets some benefit from holding on to this belief, that feeling of mm -hmm. security or safety or whatever it may be, and that's the part that's fighting against them. Do you think that's the is that their identity? You know, if if someone um, has built their identity around a belief which is possibly false, um, that 
it, it brings up much big larger questions of well if I, if I let go of this belief even, even though it's false you know who am I what's my purpose um, and that that's a, a more challenging proposition than simply letting go of the, of the false belief yeah and I think even to a lesser extent than the whole who am I what is my purpose it's like how do I how do I act on a day-to-day -day basis one mm -hmm. of the guys in your cohort, he had, and I'm not going to mention by name, but you could see he had a lot of stress. And mm -hmm. a part of him didn't want to let go of the fact that he doesn't have to like stress out about life all the time, that he's in a much better place. Mm -hmm. And I think a big part of it wasn't that he was afraid of, okay, what's my purpose in life? He was just like, well, what am I going to do with myself? Mm -hmm. This is what got me here. Being constantly paranoid, I think everything's going to fall apart is what got me here. And I'm terrified, like, if I let go of that, then what do I do with myself? I don't know what to do yet. It's like perhaps mm. it is that vacuum that you spoke of. He's like, I don't know how to act like a mid-level, mid-seven-figure CEO yet. I don't know what to mm. do there. Mm. And that unknown is scary. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel familiar. Makes a lot of sense. Cool. And for those kind of people, what I found is the last question that they really can't, they can't resist and fight against is say, okay, forget about yourself. Forget about you of today versus you of 10 years ago and what's true for them. What would be true for someone else in this position? Is this an absolute truth in the world? Like that you should not jump from a building? That's true for everybody. Mm. If you want to live, you should not do that. <laughs> but all of a sudden when they externalize, they're like, I can't, I can't deny the truth. That this is just a false belief that I hold. It's not actually a universal truth. It's not science. So it's like that adage that we're great at giving life advice to the people around us, yeah. uh, solving yeah. other people's problems. But when it comes to us, that sort of bias and, and um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's sometimes beyond the bias. It's just a recognition that if I give myself that advice, I know I should be giving someone else. Well, crap, I have to do something about it. Mm. And that's going to be challenging for me personally. It's not that it's just mm. the right thing to do, but it's also going to come with my personal challenges. That's why it's hard. And without recognizing it, we put it through a certain filter before we even give ourselves that advice. Because we recognize we try to avoid certain things that are difficult for us, emotionally, technically, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I find that's usually the missing piece. That if you can tell someone, okay, what would be true for someone else in this position? They're like, I can't deny it. And then it's a bit challenging. So you guys taking this big kind of like, <gasps> and like inhale and exhale. Because now they reckon, okay, like I've just had a pretty aggressive intervention of how I view the world. Mm -hmm. And I recognize now that something needs to change because again, for people that actually want to believe in it, like want to follow the truth, they don't want to live in a fairy tale. Land. They're like, I recognize now that this is not true. Forget about the fact that it's limiting me, that it's negative, that it's not positive, whatever it may be. It's just not true. And that I'm not willing to go with. Mm. But that's what I find the big separator. I've, I've definitely noticed that. Uh, since doing the arena, the false beliefs which I identified uh, through doing the program uh, have been something which I can feel that there's like almost like a low gravity, like trying to pull my mindset back towards. And even though if, if I uh, verbalize them, they, they sound comical. Your point before um, absolutely lands it. It sounds comical. Repeating them, I know how false they are, but whether it's just you know time in the trenches, you, you've you've thought that way for so long that a new way of thinking is obviously something which has to be 
um, I guess, sort of uh, fortified. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's first off, I agree with you. Yes, I think it's just you have certain patterns, certain habits. It's called it's mental habits. Mm. It's the same thing. It's like, but like you said, the power there is that you recognize like actually this is a wrong habit. It's a habit that A doesn't serve me, and B is just it's not it's not relevant. There's no reason to be doing this. It's all based on a mirage. Like, and that's the big mm -hmm. thing to recognize. This is all based on something that's not true. The moment we recognize that, it lets go of us. And also what you think is really what I think you, you didn't say, but you kind of were in your, was in your words, is that that's also the key component, is to not hope and pray that, okay, this is go 100% away, and I'll be in this magical land of bliss where nothing holds mm -hmm. me back, and my mindset is so amazing, I'm so confident, everything's positive and amazing, and now I can take action. But it's just getting people to the point where they can take action and they have that position of power where they can choose to say, you know what, I know this is what my mind is used to doing. This feels kind of familiar and safe in some old familiar way, but it's not true. And I recognize that because it's not true, it actually doesn't have as big of a hold on me. So it's a bit more challenging, but I'm actually going to go with what actually is true, what I should be doing, how I should be acting. The actions that I do need to take that will serve. Like once you get yourself to that position of power, I think that's the ultimate thing. It's not about waiting for it to feel 100% comfortable, 100% confident all the time. Like that's when I see people get stuck in these loops. So you see people try to endlessly like figure this stuff out, figure this stuff out, instead of just saying, you know what, I figured it out. It's not true. I know what is true. It's still going to be challenged. I accept the challenge. I'm an adult. I don't have to wait for ideal conditions only. Mm. Let's go. That's interesting, actually. I, I can see how it can become intoxicating to sort of move past a false belief and sort of go into this kind of, uh, you know, sort of never, never land of replace and yeah. then want to want to stay there because it it maybe it, it, is that coming from a, a a place of avoiding pain that well if I establish a new belief and then I find that that's false, you know, I don't I don't want to go through this again. So it's easier just to kind of stay in this sort of twilight. So this is actually the, the next podcast we're going to do, and we're going to dive a bit okay. more into that. But it's to kind of give a teaser. It's basically the difference is that you can't hope for things for ideal conditions only. And we'll explain mm -hmm. why people get caught in that kind of spin cycle mm. and why it actually doesn't serve them to try to make those ideal conditions. And how it holds people back. So we'll get that into the next spot. I think but that for this one, yeah, yeah, I want to I want to kind of recap this sure. and tell me if it all makes sense. So first mm -hmm. off, you know what? I'd love to hear from your perspective. What do you think the main points are here, man? What are your main takeaways? My main takeaways, um, I, I, I'm a big fan of the language and replacing limiting with false. That to me seems more absolute. It seems more real because limiting to me seems like a spectrum. It's kind of like, you know, well, how limiting? You know, marginally mm -hmm. limiting, you know, extremely limiting. And I could see how people will say, well, look, you know, it's, it's limiting, but, you know, it's not causing huge errors in my life. Well, it's, if it's false, it shouldn't exist. Um, very well said. Yeah, very, very so, well said. You know, uh, if I was to say, you know, the sky is blue, well, I can I can use different, you know, I believe it's blue based on my understanding of colors. If I ask you, Edema, what color do you think it is most of the time? Blue. I can get multiple points of evidence to sort of support that belief. And if, if I had a, a limiting belief, you know, um, I can see how it's it's harder to you know search for those for those multiple multiple points. So I, I like the big play of words. That's one big takeaway. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Um, next big takeaway was avoiding or your analogy of uh, you know thought being like a, like sort of ski ski tracks in the snow. Um, I've long held onto that similar sort of sort of idea, and it makes a lot of sense to me um, as an abstract. Uh, so if, if I'm going, if I have a false belief and my ski tracks are choppy, it's, it's difficult and there's like a, a lot of force being applied and not really moving anywhere. And then I realize that this is a false belief and I'm, I'm, I'm taken out of that and into some new tracks and things are going great. Uh, there could be an event, a circumstance, an external force, which then triggers a, me to go back to the way I used to think, the way, you know, a belief I yeah. formerly had. I'm, I'm back in the shitty ski tracks, metaphorically. Yeah. Um, and I could see how that could become defeating to people. And so from understanding, and I don't know whether you necessarily meant it this way, but one of my takeaways was, okay, just recognize that for what it was and go, oh, okay, I'm back in that loop or that back in that way that I used to think. And it's been great not thinking that way, but, you know, this... Um, arguing with a business partner or this financial situation just kind of like triggered me and I'm, I'm sort of back in this loop. But I have to recognize that it's a false belief and now just kind of helicopter myself back to, you know, the belief which is serving me rather to kind of rather than sort of staying there and sort of um, focusing on the fact that you're back in the same shitty belief system that you used to be in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like to, to explain a little bit, I think that's what separates being like an adult from a child. You say, I know what I should do. I know what's, not serving me even though it's more tempting just to be in a place that's not serving me because it's familiar those ski grooves that are just like lumpy but familiar let me go to the better route the new route that i recognize this is actually the truth makes a lot of sense are those your two main takeaways two main takeaways i've got, right. I've got some I've got some questions but go I'll for it you, uh... is there a a trend that you've observed in people that seems to be like the the one thing which avoids them from moving past it, that false belief. So they've identified that it's a false belief. It's not true, but they they seem either unwilling or incapable of moving past it. Is there like a common trend that you feel that applies to most people most of the time? Yes. So. Again, it's that desire for safety in some way. Got it. So the the question that I ask people on this that gets people almost angry at me because it pokes really hard. What are you getting out of holding on to this? And when they're asked that, first off, it feels very judging because like I'm saying, like you're holding on to something bullshit. What are you getting out of it? But it comes from a place with care and ask them generally, like, what are you getting out of holding on to this? And, and, like, and I'm not asking that as a rhetorical question. I'm literally asking, what are you getting out of this? And like, after all, like, you know, maybe I am getting a sense of security, a sense of like, well, this is just how it is. So I can keep doing my thing. Mm -hmm. I don't have to change. I don't have to learn a new skill set. I don't have to evolve. I don't have to let go of perhaps some anger or resentment that I hold, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the biggest trend. Like people, it feels, again, like things that are familiar feel safe, even if they're not helpful. And you know, like you said about the relationships, even if they're extremely toxic, it's why people stay in horrible relationships because it's the devil they know. 
Yeah. And they're usually getting something out of it. Like in that relationship, they're getting a sense of safety in some weird and unhealthy way because that's familiar. And there was one other person in the world, so to speak. Yeah, I, I see that a lot in the in the fitness world because, you know, losing losing body fat or building muscle isn't terribly complicated, right? It's, you know, do the fitness yeah. things and eat a certain way and, you know, things will usually work out just fine. But there's there's so much gravity towards, you know, the person who's waking up and having ham and cheese croissants for breakfast and eating, eating terribly and not working out. They know from an activity point of view, it's not serving them. They know from a nutritional point of view, they're doing the wrong things. Yet, it, it seems that their identity is so wrapped up in being that person that even though they know that their behaviors are not serving them, um, there's a disconnect between their beliefs and their, and their behaviors. Um, that's been think, really interesting. Like, sorry, so you said they know from a technical perspective that it's not the yeah. right thing? And what yeah. else? Well, you said one other thing. Their, their behaviors contradict so that they know that, hey, I should be, you know, I eat this way. I know I should be eating this way. And yeah. I, I'm not active and I know I should be active. And then it's but, and then the but is where, you know, the fitness industry kind of exists. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that big but is like, but emotionally, I know I'll get something if I do the wrong thing. And that's where this all is. Like they don't let go of this belief because emotionally, I'll still get a certain hit that I want if I don't let go of it. that sense of comfort. So does that answer that question? It does. I've, I've got a follow up to that question. Go for uh, it. Question 2.1 would be, have you observed people becoming, I mean, I, I guess religion would be the extreme example of becoming tribal around beliefs, but uh, that is, is there a sort of a law of attraction between people who have a certain false belief? And even though the individual within that group might identify that this is a false belief that's, that's also limiting, because their environment is surrounded by other people who share that false belief, that it, it adds an extra layer of, of sort of obstacle for them to move yeah. forward and to stay. It's, yeah, I'll say something here that... So here's the deal. A lot of times that stuff, people enable each other to be victims. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean that in a compassionate way. And it's why sometimes changing your environment and changing the people you're around is the easiest way to change your belief structures. Because the reality is victimhood isn't this all or nothing thing. Like it's on a spectrum. We can all exhibit it at times. I exhibit it at times as well. When I'm extremely tired, when things are going crazy, I'm like, why can't just this just be easier? I also have that thought in my head. Everybody does. And when you're around people that are also saying, oh, this is just hard. Oh, this is just this. Oh, it's easier for them or whatever. I have these negative talk. It's naturally easier to gravitate towards that. And mm -hmm. for people to justify, oh, you're doing an okay. This is fine. You don't really need to improve. I think that's the biggest thing. Like a negative environment where everybody thinks the same false beliefs. And they're like, okay, we can just accept that. We don't have to actually change about it. Like, like you said, changing these false beliefs, it's not an easy thing. It doesn't come natural. You have to put yourself in that position of power, go through this process, then do something about it. Like if you have even more resistance because your environment is filled with people that are basically don't want to do anything about it, and then they're not going to just try to enable you to not do anything. They're going to try to encourage you to not do anything about it because if you do something about it, that's going to put something in their face. If this can change and they're not doing anything about it, like life is just harder than it needs to be.
Good question. Go for it. If a false belief is, I'll, I'll just pick a sensational example, flat earth, right? Um, yeah. I believe the earth is flat. Um, I don't know whether that would be limiting unless the person literally doesn't you know, do certain activities or something because the earth <laughs> is flat. But do you feel like it would be harder to challenge that false belief because maybe it's not the right question? Because when I've heard people talk about flat earth, it seems to be a sort of word salad of, you know, different conspiracy theories and sort of like really far out there abstracts and yeah. just kind of put together into a so, mess, essentially the government's lying. I'll be honest, like, I don't know. And I'm honestly like not interested. And like those kind of things, I've never actually like dealt with people who think that way. Because like, again, this whole, the whole process that I've tried to develop is how do I help rational, pragmatic individuals like, level up? And like the flat earthers usually aren't the most rational, pragmatic individuals. So I've never actually looked into it. Like, of, of course, of course. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. The, the, the reason why I bring up that one as a sensational example is I, th I think anyone with a bit of common sense would, would argue the, the alternative, but yeah. I, I wonder why those people who believe that to be true, you know, potentially they're not challenging themselves with the right question. They get, they get certain, I think again, like everybody gets something out of it. Even just the fact that they feel contrarian, they get something out of it. Yeah, that's that, that, a sense that, of that, I'm smarter than people. Like oh, I'm not one of the sheeple, whatever it may be. It's like people get something out of these beliefs. And again, like that's why that question is like, what are you getting from holding on to this? It's yes. such a pokey one. Yes. Yeah. That that's why I brought up that example because I was I was wondering. Yeah. If if you ask people what you know what do you get from this what do you get out of this belief? Maybe it is that sort of contrarian. You know. Yeah. I know better. I've got the inside yeah. information. Um, so really the, the question is it really about identity and sort of why do they need to, to feel that way, not necessarily you know, what shape is the earth. Yeah, cool. So Interesting. I, I want to wrap it up a bit. Cool. So here's what we do, guys. First off, kind of wrap it top to bottom. Stop trying to think about what are my, my limiting beliefs. By doing so, you deny yourself the opportunity to discover the actual blind spots that can really get you hurt. That's the main thing. It's like, imagine like you're on a football field. If you know a hit is coming, you can brace for it. If you're completely unaware, it's going to knock you off. So instead of just asking myself, what are my limiting beliefs? You got to figure out what are the, all the beliefs that I hold here? And then what are the ones that are holding me back? That's step one. Now, the way to do that is by first going about this in a very systematic fashion. They're figuring out what I want to get out of life or what I want to get out of business. What are the actions that somebody who would want this need to take? And then what are my beliefs around this? From there, you can figure out, okay, you know what? I think these beliefs here, these three ones, they're the 80-20 of what would hold somebody back from taking these actions. Now, that I recognize these are the main factors that are the constraints, let's falsify them. Let's first ask, where did I learn these to be true? Whose example did I see? What situation or what interaction in life? Did I take a lesson from? Did I have a certain emotional reaction that taught me that this is how I should think? Or when did this happen in my life? When did I start believing this? Usually, that'll create an epiphany. Mm. And I also recognize, wow, that's wow, wow, that's where I believe that. That's irrelevant. That's not true at all. That was just because of that one instance. Now, if that still doesn't chip away at it, and you still hold on to it, which again is not a judgment thing; it's just natural because we have that lower part of ourselves. Then you can ask, okay, what's actually true for me today? Who I am today? 
Because yes, I can recognize that Edomar for 10 years ago, maybe that was true for him. You know, maybe at the beginning of the business, it was true that Edomar had to do everything and everything all the time and not delegate because he was the only one. But that's not relevant for who Edomar is today. That's the first thing. Is it still relevant for who I am today with my skill sets, my current abilities, where I am in life, and so on and so on? And if that still doesn't change, then I can ask myself, okay, what would be true for somebody else in this exact situation? Mm. And that usually really forces us to look at reality and say, okay, you know what? This is not a truth. This is not science. This is not gravity. This is not a fact. This is just a belief that I held. And it sounds like it's a false belief. It's not a truth. Mm. So therefore, I need to let go. And if I still find resistance to let go of it, I can ask myself that, that challenging question. That basically I force myself to have an intervention with the truth. Like, what am I getting from holding onto this? And the moment I can pinpoint that is the moment I can say, you know what? I get that's what I'm going to have to give up in order to get where I want to go. And that's where I get to have that position of power, like you said. And I'm mm. going to make the right choice, do the mature thing, and I can start winning. So the question I want to leave you guys with today is where in your life do you feel stuck because you've been looking to turn a limiting belief perhaps into a more positive one? If you're doing that, perhaps you're going about this the wrong way. Now, if you have clarity on what you want and how to do it, but can't take action, there's probably some mental blind spots. So that's the first thing you should address. If I know what to do and how to do it, but I'm not doing it, First off, try to flush out your mental blind spots. Just figuring those things out and again, turn them from a blind spot into an Achilles heel could solve all your problems. And for that, we also have the micro course on the website. We'll link it in the show notes below, but it's exactly about that. How to uncover all your mental blind spots so you can win. Now, if you find yourself, you're not even sure where to look, then you first need to get clarity on what you want to accomplish and what are the specific actions that somebody who wants to accomplish that would need to take. And then figure out, okay, what are my beliefs around this? Not positive, negative, limiting, but just what are my beliefs? And from there, the process will reveal itself. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. Alex, thank you again for joining us. And again, guys, like we do have this uh, micro course on the website. We're going to link it down here as well. It's the exact way to uncover all your blind spots. It's completely free for now. So please go ahead and check it out. Aside from that, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big, and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamumryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, 
and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins. <laughs>